0: Listeners, hello. Welcome back to Habit Helps, a podcast of Creekside Community Church in San Leandro, California, where we talk about how habits build you and about how you could build better habits. My name is Jeff Bruce. I'm one of the pastors here. Listeners, this is a big day. It's a very big day because today, for the first time in the history of this illustrious podcast, we have a third guest. Not only am I joined by John Bruce, my dad, fellow pastor, we have a third person on the show, world expert in wastewater management, very strong opinions about Mexican food. He is Creekside's pastor to families, <laughs> Greg Arthur. Greg, how are you today?
1: Mm, good. Mm. <clears throat> <laughs> you said Mexican food and mm, it's now all I can think of. Thank you. <laughs> red or green?
0: That's the question. Dad, yeah. how are you? I'm good. Yeah, I'm good.
2: Looking forward to Mexican food later today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't thought about that till now. Not
0: me either. Yeah. yeah. Well, maybe we'll do a podcast on Mexican food. But maybe not. Greg, before <laughs> this day, I'm curious. How many podcasts have you listened to in your entire life prior to coming on the show? Uh,
1: it, this many. Zero.
0: Zero? Yes. This is a podcast, Greg. No one will see your hands. Yes. But, uh, That's right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> zero. Where's the camera? <laughs> That's amazing. Well, well, today we're going to start a brand new series on the habits of biblical parenting. Habits of biblical parenting. I would say every parent who loves Jesus wants their kids to love Jesus. And according to the Bible, pri- parents uh, have primary responsibility for their kids' spiritual development. So, we parents are responsible to raise our kids to love Jesus and All of the data indicate that parents are the most important spiritual influence on their children. Not teachers, not friends, not youth groups, not a youth program or a youth pastor, it's parents. Mm -hmm. As the sociologist Christian Smith has said, when it comes to kids' faith, parents get what they are. Mm -hmm. So that's why we're talking about this. According to the Bible, how do we help our kids walk with Jesus for a lifetime. That's the issue we're going to be talking about. We've brought in Greg because we pay Greg to think about this question. And Greg, you've done a great job of distilling down the biblical teaching on this. And Dad, we're going to keep you on the podcast because, you know, why not? Uh, <laughs> I can use the money. Yeah. <laughs> you, you've actually thought a lot about this as well. So... Um, and I'm on here purely for the money that comes from making from this podcast, this lucrative I podcast. I didn't know there was
1: so much money oh, involved. The, oh, my. Wow, if at, I'd have known, I would have been listening to podcasts yeah, this more. This
0: is Creekside's Cash Cow, my friend, is, okay. is this you, you podcast. Can, you can
2: tell by the number of sponsors we have.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, next five weeks, Essentials of Biblical parenting, habits of biblical parenting. Greg, let's start with you. What got you lit up about this? Why do you care about it?
1: Well, I had a son, have a son, and uh, when I was a young parent with a young kid, I was, in a sermon, I was listening to a sermon that John over here was preaching. I don't remember anything about the sermon. I remember where it was. Uh, it was in the Dunsmere house's garden room, and uh, uh, he said... Um, Exodus thirty four seven. He just mentioned the verse, and it says, "The Lord will I, the Lord will visit the sins of the fathers to their children and the children's children to the third and the fourth generation." And my blood ran cold right then. Just the very idea that God would visit the sins of mine to my son and to his children to the third and the fourth generation hundred years later uh, untold numbers of kids people i just thought oh this is more serious than this isn't just walking getting up in the morning and being a dad this was serious Hmm. and so um i had that epiphany moment i got to figure this out yeah
0: love it and that and that's why you're working at epa you're not a pastor you're not you're not paid to think (laughs) about this stuff this is just you as a dad wanting to figure this out Yeah. yeah the warning worked for me, so there hmm. you go. <laughs> when did you get lit up, Dad? Is it about the time you saw me in middle school, just uh, rebelling violently against you, and then you got lit up about parenting? or uh, No, that was a, it.
2: Was a joke. Yeah, you were horrible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was. I think it was right after Jenny was born, and just realizing that the most important responsibility we had was our children. And, uh, and wanting to see both of you walk with the Lord, just having experienced his blessing in our lives and wanted you guys to experience your blessing, his blessing in your lives and just knowing that we could not be happy if our kids weren't walking with Christ mm-hmm. when, we, when we left the earth. Mm-hmm. Uh, a good friend of mine, Bob Knight, had always said, God did not give us children for them to become the eternal companion of the devil and his angels. Mm. And, uh, that was, you know, that I had that same feeling mm-hmm. as you did, Greg, just that the the most re- important responsibility God gives us is our kids yeah. and their eternal salvation. So right. that's, that's what sobered mm-hmm.
0: me. Yeah. And, and praise God. Ultimately he is the one sovereign to save and, and regenerate and, and bring our kids to him. But, uh, His word is clear that that we are the primary agents through which that happens. That Mm is the primary way. And so that's why we're talking about it. So habit one today, principle one, I don't know what we want to call it. We'll call it a principle, uh, is really foundational for parenting. And we're just going to say parenting equals discipling. Mm -hmm. Parenting equals discipling. Greg, where do you see that in the Bible? And uh, just initial thoughts on that.
1: Well, there's this, um, there's a verse that, Paul speaks about how to be a disciple, and he's talking to Christians about how to be a disciple, and he just uses, as if everybody understands, he says, to do this like nurturing mothers, to do this like uh, fathers who care about their kids. He just sort of says it like that, Mm -hmm. like everybody knows what a good mother is and what an ideal father is, and so he was using it that way. He was saying, this is how to disciple, be like parents. And I think that for us and our generation that we have a lot more confusion about what's an ideal mother, what's an ideal father. And so we have to back-calculate. We have to go the other direction. We look in the Bible for what is discipleship and say that's parenting. Yeah. But that struck struck me in the Bible, yeah. just the way that Paul writes. Anyway, you know, if you can understand Paul and and, and uh, with all his whereas's and therefore's, and uh, sometimes there's good stuff.
2: <laughs>
0: what do you think, Dad?
2: <laughs> I I always go back to Deuteronomy six, and uh, about you know the, the beginning of the law. Hero Israel, the Lord is our God. The Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might these words which I am commanding you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your sons and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise up. And it's just interesting to me that at the very beginning of the retelling, as Moses retells the law again in Deuteronomy, he starts with the most important thing, love God. But he adds, you cannot love God without loving his word. Mm -hmm. And you cannot love God without passing on his word to your children. That it seems to me to be all one cloth, one piece there, that, that he does not say, you shall love the Lord your God, and so you shall establish Bible colleges, and you shall establish programs to, so that somebody else can teach your children God's word. But he gives the responsibility to pass on the love of God and the love of his word to every parent. Mm-hmm. And it's not something that's kind of done in a in a programmatic way, but it's done as part of your lifestyle. When mm-hmm. you when you walk, when you sit, when you when you eat, all these things are are all opportunities to just pass on your love for God and His Word to your children.
0: Yeah. No, it's that's, that's good. And we'll talk more about diligent teaching in a Podcast that is coming up, so you listeners will have to wait for that. But uh, w- why are parents the key disciples? I guess is the question I I have there. Like, you know, there's going to be lots of voices in our kids' lives. What is it about parents that are unique in this?
1: Well, there's just there's one fundamental um, uh, uniqueness, and it's the amount of time parents have with their kids. Um, you know, you could send your kid to Creekside, and and if somehow I'm going to see them once a, once a week and just talk through the Bible and lead them do all that stuff that John was saying um, that's 50 hours in a year but parents have many thousands of hours with their kids it's just it's just uh, almost just math
2: yeah <laughs> yeah no you you reproduce what you are and uh, we have the greatest influence over our kids God has put it up put it that way, that's why so many people are bemoaning their relationship with their parents and, and mm-hmm. the pro- how many people are saying, all the problems I have are because I was raised this way. Well, there's a positive side of that too, right. that that you have, God gives you the greatest influence in your kids' lives and you can use that influence for good or for, for ill. I, you mentioned Christian Smith and I remember one, part of his study that he did at Notre Dame mm-hmm. on on... Christian parenting and the, the whole idea of passing on the faith to the next generation is he found that 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 kids who had parents who were really serious disciples of Jesus tended to be serious disciples of Jesus and kids who had parents who were lukewarm Christians tended to not be interested in the faith now that that's there's not a that's not always true but the majority times it is that right. that if you want kids to be on fire for Jesus, then you need to be on fire for Jesus, because they are going to become like you, not what you teach them, but they're going to become what you do.
0: Right. Yeah, the, the diligence there, I, I think of that quote that the gospel tends to go from being... Proclaimed by one generation to believed by the next generation to assumed by the next generation to denied right mm. by the next generation mm. and and so un- unless you are proactively teaching diligent teaching um you know the 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 gravitational pull is in the other direction yeah that that they're, that your kids are going to take on your priorities and you might think that following Jesus is your priority. But what they will actually follow is your actual priorities, yeah. In life, yeah. that's. And Greg, you've thought a lot about
1: that. Yeah, I mean, they they uh, they imitate. Um, they learn and imitate, and they're going to learn and imitate no matter what you do. In a way, no matter what you do, you're dim, you're discipling them. It's it's whether you disciple them into being a follower of Jesus, um, or a discipler of of whatever you are. Right. They're going to do that no matter what. Um, even as as different as my son is from me I mean he's super different than me in temperament and ways and um, but he's still he still practically learned his entire worldview from just being around me and from what I did um, there's there's no way around it right they see you all day <laughs> yeah. the thing about it is they do see you all day there, there's nothing hidden about it either you can't say one thing and then live another way and then Tell your kids, well, what I'm saying is what I mean. They they will walk away knowing you very well. And what what matters to you, they will understand matters to you. They'll know better than you in some ways. Yeah. They've lived it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean to specifically, like in in our culture, what are the things that matter the most to parents? They think for their kids, you know, academic achievement, athletic prowess uh being successful in school getting married all those various things that we would measure say that that's if my kid gets to there uh, we we raised a good kid well that's because that's our priority athletic prowess academic achievement and I had to ask myself when my son was young if my son did not get married did poorly in school he uh did not throw a baseball correctly any of those things um but he's walking with Jesus. Would I be happy? Yeah. And uh, that was the that was a question that actually really sobered me up. Yeah. Was that one? Will I be happy with him if he walks with Jesus? And I'd say today, yeah, definitely. It's been mm-hmm. a long, long, long road to get there, but
0: yes.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's good.
0: And and it's a great gut check for parents, and a question to ask yourself is what elicits the strongest emotional reactions in you yeah. from your kids the the sharpest criticism and the highest praise. Right. Yeah, and, and, and does it have to do with academics, sports, uh, relationships, their success at whatever they're doing, mm-hmm. uh, their compliance to you? Um, what, what is it that, that, that elicits that, or is it their relationship with the Lord yeah. uh, as the thing that, that you are clearly the most excited about in their lives?
1: I mean, a huge driver is success for us, right? I mean, we measure ourselves by success. And we will produce disciples of success if that's (laughs) exactly what we think all the time. And to have that be subordinated underneath something greater, walking with the Lord, being happy with God, being the success, that's the definition of success. That's the big change.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I think all of that is good, but it gets this fundamental idea because when we hear, okay, discipling, discipling's teaching, I gotta teach my kids all about the Bible, yada, 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 that's actually not the first. Habit to build. The first habit to build is to be a disciple of Jesus. Mm-hmm. That, you know, you always use the verse, uh, Paul's verse, imitate me as I imitate it, Christ. That's discipleship.
1: That's a funny verse too, because, you know, it, he didn't say imitate Jesus. That's That would be clean. He says, imitate me just as I imitate Christ. Mm-hmm. That's funny, because, you know, uh, imitate me... Um, that means that you've got to be imitating Christ. You, you can't say it with a straight face. You can't say that verse with a straight face unless you really are. Um, I always think of it like this, you know, if you put a bumper sticker on your car and it says, Jesus is Lord, you have to drive like a good Christian now, right? <laughs> You you have to you have to live up to what you say. You can't just now be the same guy you used to be just by putting that bumper sticker on
0: there. So to say, imitate me is a big step. I have a license plate frame from Talbot Theological Seminary. <laughs> it's in a box. It's in a box in my garage <laughs> yes. because I will not besmirch the fine na- name of Talbot. <laughs> so you're you're fine <laughs> with driving as you as you do now. Still, you can keep driving the way you do? I just think you shouldn't put a target on yourself. You know, I'm going to do something dumb on the road, and I don't want that guy who I cut off to just be thinking like, you know, it's because he went to Talbot. That's the issue. So
1: That's why I like that verse that Paul says. Imitate me is what he says. Mm
0: -hmm. Oh, okay.
1: Now it's serious business. Now it's real.
0: Yeah, and and it's not like we have to even tell our kids, imitate me. We are what they're imitating. (laughs) That's just the way that God has arranged yeah. this relationship where, where we're going to model what we see in our parents mm-hmm. for our good or for our ill. Yeah. Um, so, Dad, any thoughts on that?
2: Well, I think, I think parents in our culture have an expectation of expertise, and mm-hmm. they don't feel like they are experts in parenting, that they've got to find somebody else to be. And that, that parenting is this incredibly <laughs> difficult, complex subject that how did generations before us ever manage mm-hmm. because you know you've got to you've got to consult the experts you've got and it's it's just it's a false expectation that that it is not a matter of information it is as as greg says a matter of imitation and the best thing i can do for my kids is walk with christ myself mm-hmm. and act on what i already know and be sincere in my faith and sincere in my following of christ um, and then and trust that God and pray for them and trust that God is going to work through me in doing that, as opposed to I need to delegate their education and delegate their their spiritual life to somebody who's an expert, as if that's going to make a bigger a bigger mm-hmm. impact on them than that I'm going to make. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and or to think that I need some program that I need to subscribe to now that so that I can take my kids through this series of family devotions or these other things. It's, it, it, we, we have such a t- tendency in the West to reduce things to technique mm-hmm. and, and, and mastery in that sense that, that if we just get the techniques, right, we get the right result. Uh, and that's just not what parenting or discipleship is. It's, it's a relationship yeah. and it's a ongoing all the time thing. And I think probably the, the gut check question to ask as a parent, another one is, if my kid became what I am spiritually, would I be pleased?
2: Mm-hmm. That's good. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: If they took on the habits that I currently have, mm-hmm. yeah, um, and the priorities that I currently have, would they look like a Jesus follower? Yeah. And then you got to kind of reverse engineer the thing from there to say, well, no, then I I'm not in a position to teach them about Christ in some ways because I'm not a, I'm not learning from him, I'm not at his feet.
2: Mm-hmm. but it's not a job you can resign from. So, you know what I mean? Yes. Well, and see, that's the other <laughs> danger is to say,
0: you know, I'm not really a serious Christian, so therefore I'm going to delegate this thing to the serious Christians, you know, the youth pastors who, you know, clearly know how to help kids love Jesus based on all the data, right? Yeah. And that's not a knock <laughs> against youth pastors, but it's just, it's it, relying on them to be the primary disciple of your kid is to go against God's design. And so it's inevitable that the data say what they do, which is that it's just a, Absolute train wreck to, yeah. to outsource your kid's spirituality to to you know some youth pastor who gets you know a few touches a year with them. Maybe. Yeah,
1: I mean it's content and it's also uh, uh, method. I the, the content would be am I walking with Jesus? But it's method too. You know the 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 way we think in the, here in the Western world is that you learn everything in a class. You go to class right. and discipleship is really walking with somebody Mm -hmm. it's 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 uh apprenticeship it's being with somebody it's not it's not a data dump and a test that that proves you've gotten it figured it out and that's that's fundamentally a huge change of thinking because everything that i've learned in my life was practically through a through classes except how i learned things from my dad walking around with him. but um we delegate to that instinctively, I think, that we need a class. Uh, I've got a problem, I need a class. Right.
0: Yep. So it seems like the the fundamental issue here is you get what you are, and so parents have to just start by really asking, am I following Jesus? So any other thoughts on that for parents? Because I I do think that's the the most significant thing, that parents are going to get what they are and so in some sense, if they're already a serious, committed follower of Christ, their odds of raising kids who follow Christ, apart from any techniques or habits or principles, they just go up exponentially, yeah. yes. right? Yeah. Yes. And, and so given that reality, what would you say to parents are just kind of next steps for them?
1: Uh, do it in the open. Hmm. I, I, uh, read the Bible in the open. Yeah. Uh, talk to them in the open. What? Let, yeah. Yep. Pray for them out loud. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah, you know, I I think the 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 parent that is hopeless, the parent who says, Well my relationship with God isn't that great. How can I pass on something I don't have? They need to start with repentance and 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 very specifically, well why isn't my relationship with God what it should be? Mm-hmm and start with what I already know, start with I kn- what I know I should be doing, and start there. That's your first step. You don't need more information. Just do what you know you should be doing and concentrate on that, and God will take you the rest of the way. It's, it's really Christ living in you that's going to lead you on this anyway. This mm-hmm. is not It's like every responsibility. It's not us. It's him right. and, and us depending on him but the way we start is just the first step is we'll do what you know you should be doing. So if for example if if you know you don't read your bible regularly, we'll start with that. You know, that's that's a real simple thing. Just ask him to teach you every day and start a regular time and and just you your kid seeing you you read their bible every day and that's a priority for you, that in itself will shape their priority and Absolutely. shape their lives they may not be doing it for a while but just seeing you every day mm-hmm. um, that, that when they when they get up the lights on in your in your office or a, you're sitting on the couch with your co- coffee and you're reading the word that makes a tremendous impact on them
1: yeah tears throw, flowing down your face <laughs> right your fingers bent with blood your bible just covered with writing that'll make an impression that would make an impression.
0: Or, <laughs> or just, I mean, for me, it was seeing I, and the office light was on. Yeah. That was no matter how early I got up, the office light was on, and he yeah. was in there, and that was, that was your time to be in the word. Yeah. And it does. I, I, I can't tell you how many people I've talked to who come to some realization around my age, 20s or 30s, that, that what I grew up with was normal. You know, what you grew mm. up with, is they, they realize, oh, even though that was super weird and dysfunctional, it always felt normal, and now I need to unlearn it. Well, that can work positively, too, that what they see is normal Mm -hmm. for the Christian life as well. And if it's normal for mom and dad to get up and be with Jesus as the first priority of the day, they'll just think, well, that's what it means to follow Jesus, Mm -hmm. is to get up early, right? If coming to church every single week is normal, um, then (laughs) I talked to a guy uh, about my age who's walking with Christ closely, and he said, when he was growing up, he said, I can remember one time I didn't go to church, and I had a fever fever. And my parents said, here's some medicine, here's the thermometer, see you later, we're going to church. <laughs> and, that's, <laughs> and that's the one time he remembers not going to church as a kid. Now, that leaves an impression yeah. That, yeah. That, 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 wow, my mom and dad really care about being with God's people. And I remember yeah. someone saying that um, your kids do not remember going to church as much as the reasons you did not go to church. Yeah, yeah. And, the re- and this goes back to the issue of priority. that mm-hmm. The reasons you decided to skip church or not go are the reasons your kids will think it's normal to skip or not go or priorit- not deprioritize God's people. Exactly.
2: Mm-hmm. And, it, and it really, I think all that emphasizes that what you're really doing in parenting is you're developing habits. Yep. That's, that's the whole thing. There's not gonna be some great aha moment of insight that your kid is gonna remember that you gave them when they were 14 years old, mm-hmm. probably. Mm-hmm. But what they're gonna remember is the habits that were developed living in that household. right? And those are either habits that give life or bring death, depending on, on whether they're good habits or bad habits. And it's your consistency in practicing those habits that will enable your child to practice those habits.
0: Mm. Yeah. One thing you talk about a lot, Greg, is, is just it's not information as much as it is impression. Mm-hmm. It's just the the impression that you left your kids with that this was this was the the consistent drumbeat of our house, whether it was we forgave and made up quickly, mm-hmm. right? We repented quickly. We were in the Word. We were at church. It's just it's an impression.
1: Yeah, I can't remember. Uh, in, I can't remember that sermon that John spoke, for example. The content's not here. The impression from the verse, though. Yeah. That that uh, that laid a. A big whooping on the back of my head. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. That's good. So it seems like the takeaway here is to just ask, you know, if, if I got what I was, if I, if I got what I am, (laughs) would I be pleased with the result? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And if you're indifferent to your kid's spiritual development, you need to repent. Yeah.
1: I mean, there's a second portion that goes
0: with that. If, if I'm,
1: uh, uh, Able to say with a straight face, imitate me as I imitate Christ, but you, but your kids aren't listening to you. That's a different thing. Yeah. It has to it is a two way street for it to occur. There, there's, uh, we have to be imitatable, but they have to want to imitate us. And I think we'll talk about that next time. Oh but, yeah, that's yeah.
0: No, that's a good segue to next week. Well. But, uh, <laughs> and what we'll be talking but, about then?
1: But that's as an important question as the first one is: uh, uh, Do they want to imitate me? Am I the one they're imitating, for example?
0: Yeah, if they don't want to be with you, they're not going to imitate you. Right. And that's, uh, that's key. Any other thoughts, Dad?
2: Well, I just, just in light of that, I think it's important that, that our listeners understand that we're talking about the whole 18, 20 years of parenting mm-hmm. here. We're not talking about – you can focus on any point in time right. and say, I am failing miserably here. I mean, if your kid is two years old, <laughs> they're not listening to you. No. You know, and they're not imitating you. If your kid is fourteen years old, they're probably not listening to you or anything like that. And so it's a it is a long, it is a long obedience in one direction that's going to have the impact. Mm-hmm. And but no matter where you are in that journey right now, repentance and and moving in a new direction is always is, is a, God is the God of redemption, and mm-hmm. He He really does uh, restore the years the locusts have eaten yeah. if you, if you'll repent.
0: Mm. yeah no it's it's such a good word because you know there's nothing more painful than feeling estranged from your kids or feeling like they're drifting away or something like that, and you know blessedly, I have not experienced it yet, but you know who knows mm-hmm. and but but realizing that it it is the day to day you walking with Jesus that leaves the greatest impression yeah. on on them and gives you the most credibility to to speak in and I would just say in thinking about. Me being raised by you, Dad, that that I I never doubted your credibility when you talked about the Bible
1: mm.
0: and about applying the Bible because you would constantly bring up ways that you were trying to apply it to your own life, mm-hmm. and I could see it. And and so you you know you really do. There is there is no bypassing that. Mm-hmm. That here is how I am sitting under the Word
1: mm-hmm. and just sharing Absolutely. it.
0: And, and as you do that, your kid, I think, will develop a hunger to, to be sitting under the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: I think it's it's not perfection because that is impossible. We're all sinners saved by grace. But it is honesty, just being authentic and and being able to say, I've really failed here, Um but this is what I've repented, and I'm trusting God. And the other thing is just that your trust is not in your example; your trust is in the Lord. Mm-hmm. Right? That you're just a tool that yep. God is using in shaping this child. But your hope is in the God who shapes, not in yourself. Right.
0: Yeah, and, and that really does take the pressure off in certain ways because you have the freedom to fail. Yeah, then. well, and, you will and, and you will fail because you will <laughs> fail. <laughs> yeah, trying is the first step toward failure. Yeah. So you will <laughs> you will fail, and 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 then you get to begin again. And actually, that is part of the discipleship process for your kids because they get to see the gospel enacted yeah. and the good news of grace and all of those things, mm-hmm. which should hopefully at some point give them an appreciation of the gospel mm-hmm. and grace and yeah. all of those things. Yeah. And uh, you know, wow! My my dad knew he was a sinner, but he knew he was a forgiven sinner, and so he could start again. And that man, that you know, that's and huge. my
1: dad ran toward me when I failed. Yeah. Right? Yeah. My dad's heart was toward me
0: when I failed. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll get to that. Maybe next week. even
1: more than he, when I was successful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, that's that's good. Any closing thoughts here? There's that there's that study that I liked it
1: to bring up because it's a practical thing. And it, they, they looked at 2,000 kids coming out of college who were walking with the Lord, and they asked, what are the commonalities in your upbringing? And uh, um, the, the number one commonality in the upbringing of those walking with Jesus coming out of college was uh, that they read the Bible and that, that throughout growing up, it, it, uh, that Bible reading was key. And the second was that there was participation in the church. The third was Christian music. And it's interesting that those were the things that were the top. There wasn't missions trips. There wasn't youth pastor groups or anything like that. Um, It was reading the Bible, participation in the the community of believers, and listening to Christian music. And oddly, it's interesting to me because it's it's practical, but putting the Christian music up there that high um that that's something that uh, affects me when i think about when i was raising my kid so oh it's impression yeah exactly I,
0: if you're if you're uh, singing you know quality christian music at home then uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's uh it does leave an impression Is yeah it,
2: isn't that an oxymoron oh dad
0: <laughs> how could you <laughs>
1: It was yeah. third on the list, John. honestly. List. Yeah, Max is literally right here <laughs> producing the show. <laughs> I'm just, I, <laughs> I'm just saying. It's just the stuff I think and say. It just comes out. Yeah. You know.
2: That's what happens when you're old.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, you can't use that excuse, no. honestly. No. <laughs> All right. The excuse didn't work when you're 65. It didn't work when you're 55. It's not going to work. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Well, with that, yeah, yeah, on a high note, <laughs> a high we note. end the show. <laughs> and if you're still listening at this point, thank you. Yes. We appreciate you you listening. We'll uh, continue next week and talk about uh, being with your kids mm-hmm. and, and how to build a longing in them to be with you, how to win them, um, which is also foundational discipleship. So, guys, thanks so much. Thank you, Joe. It's been yeah, fun. It's and listeners, thank you. We'll talk to you again next week.